Hello, as you're probably aware, the Healing of Emotional Wounds series, Season 1, has now ended. Our new season, The Quest, will study many visionaries from across the ages who have changed history and also our contemporary world. There will be a wide selection of the most powerful mythological, political, scientific, religious, philosophical and economic visions that have shaped humanity. In addition, there will be a range of spiritual works as part of the programme. There is a focus on the crisis of our times, not necessarily in every podcast, but periodically throughout the season and with increasing frequency as the podcasts develop. The programme will suit those passionately seeking a personal vision on both a collective and individual level. The world's most powerful visionaries have always responded to the collective crisis of their own times. Their own individual crisis usually coincided in an intense way with that of the collective. As we become more conscious of our contemporary crises, then we can draw on the visions of the past in two ways. Firstly, utilise the most beneficial of them. And secondly, avoid the dangers of those that have had negative impact on humanity. For example, the aggressive and hate-filled totalitarian visions, or simply those that have been badly mistaken. We do this by understanding their roots and dynamics, not by ignoring and dismissing them. It's as important that we explore both the dark and light in history, and by studying history, its failures and successes, we might survive the crises to come. On the individual level, the great spiritual traditions have sometimes offered insight, illumination, and a path that has provided meaning, spiritual sustenance, and a deep connection to the transcendent that some feel indispensable to their existence. I admit that they have also offered many other things, some of them destructive, superstition, sin and damnation, an overemphasis on supposed other worlds, collaboration with repressive regimes, totalitarian control, impetus for wars, religious conflict, persecution and terrorism, scapegoating, repression, reinforcement of class structures, opposition to the progress of knowledge, gender violence. The list of negatives connected with religion is extensive. However, when I refer to the spiritual traditions, I distinguish them from formal religion and emphasise the inner world and the path for illumination. The darkness in human nature is so strong that it needs a spiritual dimension to counter it. I am also convinced that this spiritual world needs to have its feet on the ground and cannot ignore human nature, evolution and economic reality. On the individual level, as with the collective, it is equally important to work with the darkness and light in human nature. So, this series will explore the spiritual vacuum in millions of individuals and argues that facing one's inner darkness, finding the light within, a deep psychological examination of oneself, plus a spiritual practice, provides containment, nurture and meaning. Individual transformation is the best platform for a transformed worldview. The crises of the 21st century are all human-made. Yes, by man and woman as individuals, but also by industrial, corporate, governmental and societal structures. 
our institutions and economic systems are central to these crises. Even our philosophies, religions, attitudes and aims are of great importance. Just think of the profit motive as a central attitude and consider its damage when unmodified by ethical concerns. The way forward is to change not only individual consciousness but our social and collective structures as well. We are now in the Anthropocene, where humanity, not nature, is determining the fate of life on this planet and is creating a mass extinction of life forms and potentially of its own species. We are reaching the limits of our expansion and threaten the very existence of advanced consciousness on the planet, ourselves. Mankind, which the Bible supposes to be created in God's image, more resembles the creation of a lower god, perhaps a demon, as the Gnostics intuited. However, metaphysical speculation aside, the theory of evolution offers a clear perspective on this issue, simply that human beings have not evolved beyond a lower state of evolution into a higher one, and carry with them their selfishness, their animal inheritance, and later development, their egoism. On what is a magnificent, though limited, planet, the 21st century reaches a crucial and perhaps final part of the drama of evolution, where we are destroying the Garden of Eden, this earth, which is our blessing and gift. Is this the same drama, I wonder, that is played out in all civilizations in the cosmos? As they reach that great crossroads, where evolved consciousness becomes grandiose, godlike and threatens its own existence. Will our consciousness transcend its darkness or self-destruct like a raging demon? Pause. Imagine. Contemplate. The billions of attempts at the evolution of life in the cosmos. Imagine how many failures there are. But some break through into higher life and complexity, even into consciousness. Now, further imagine how many of those with advanced consciousness fail and self-destruct shortly after gaining weapons of mass destruction, which coincide with the capacity to ecologically wreck their own planet, to destroy the mother that evolved them. Only a few make it through beyond advanced consciousness and transcend to, shall we call it, superconsciousness, which is to say, transcend the limits of egoism, narrow rationalism, greed, narcissism, selfishness, and evil. Incidentally, by evil I mean life-destroying. By good I mean that which embraces life. Yes, I believe our ethical dilemmas are universal. And yes, you may sense that this podcast series will have a definite ethical base. If ever there was an urgency to abandon distraction, entertainment, selfish individualism, narrow tribalism and nationalisms and embrace a vision for life, for the good, it is now. However, 
This is not simply a change of ideas, but requires a massive change in the political and economic base of global societies. If this is not possible, then an alternative scenario must be considered in which survival becomes an aim rather than the naive assumption that a few technological adjustments will have us living comfortably ever after. The Quest series to come will examine the evolving crises of the 21st century in eight dimensions. We, you and I, shall be challenged to comprehend them not only individually but as an interrelated system. For example, that the global economic system is clearly causing ecological disaster or that violent and opposing nationalisms in an age of weapons of mass destruction is obviously a recipe from hell. That the world we have grown up in is changing irrevocably. I believe that when we truly realise the enormity of the crisis we face, most listeners will agree that multidimensional changes are required and that central to this is not only deep attitudinal or psychological change, but a transformation from the spirit. Renewed spiritual values, fit for our time, must be the fuel, the combustion, that makes change possible. The eight horsemen of the apocalypse, as we shall call them, these dimensions, are firstly the conflict of ideas. We explore some of the great paradigm changes of the past and present, for example the change from the Middle Ages to the Western Scientific Enlightenment. Currently we are transitioning from one age to another in the realm of ideas. For example, far from our universe being dead matter, in which life has evolved by accident, the universe, we now sense, is alive and conscious. That consciousness is the purpose of the cosmos, as Teilhard de Chardin and Carl Jung suggested. And that our level of consciousness is only one stage of the enormous developments that are possible in the future. As we explore such ideas in the light of modern science, we realise this is an ancient Hindu metaphysical concept. Thus, old wine flows into new bottles. This is merely one example. We will explore many more. Secondly, we explore the evolving economic crisis, especially the financial and debt crisis of our times. Far from the 2008 crisis receding, we are about to hit the back wall of that hurricane as the enormous but fragile means of support, quantitative easing, where governments propped up the banking system with unheard of quantities of money, comes to an end. The horsemen of economics will be especially destructive and dangerous, especially when we consider the growing economic inequality of our times. Thirdly, as the crisis develops, there will be growing political division. Whole countries and continents are and will be seized by conflict as old and new radicalisms come to the surface. The old paradigms, the structures and expectations, hopes and comfortable philosophies that have made up our lives will be threatened. And in fear, people reach out for radical solutions. The centre will not hold. Old tribal and ethnic antagonisms will re-arise. 
the traumas of history have returned as post-traumatic historical stress disorders. Independence movements break out within countries as whole regions subsumed centuries ago reassert their identities and hatreds and break away from the perceived corrupt and failing superstate that had absorbed them. Communism and fascism will rear their heads again and newer movements such as those of feminism and ecology will gain in force. Social inequality and fragmentation will be our next horsemen. As these movements develop, political and economic, growing social fragmentation, for example of family structures, will continue to disintegrate. Fifthly, global ecological disaster and are there global solutions? Global warming due to CO2 emissions is only one aspect of the mighty forces of our industrial and consumption pollution. However, it is among the most serious. We are in the middle of the hottest decade, 2014 to 2023, since the pre-industrial period. The ecological crisis alone is set to reshape the world's civilizations, as billions who live on the coastline will be forced to move. The consequences are almost unthinkable. Sixthly, technology is altering human nature profoundly, which is becoming fused with this artificial intelligence. This process is now accelerating and will shape our future, indeed shape our very nature. Seventhly, intensifying military conflict. We are in the early stages of a rising war cycle and in the very near future, increasing military conflict and wars are inevitable. Nuclear weapons will be used with terrifying consequences. Mankind has never had a weapon that it hasn't used. And eighthly, is there an answer to the spiritual vacuum of our times? What are the great spiritual traditions? And is mystical experience central to human nature? What have great artists and composers to say about the human condition? Some of the themes or methodologies that underlie this series are 1. Civilization is a struggle of opposites, the creative and the disintegrative. As a fundamental impasse is reached, like in the West today, then there is either a creative transcendence with new leadership and changed paradigms, or there is decline and extinction. This is similar to the ideas of Arnold Toynbee, the British historian of the early 20th century. 2. The lost soul of the West is in need of renewal. The psychology of Carl Jung, his emphasis on the individuation process, the necessity to encounter the shadow and the role of the self provides a model of psychological and spiritual growth. In the new period, spirituality will be closely linked to depth psychology. 3. The ecological crisis, as predicted by James Lovelock among others, is embedded in the other dimensions which are also evolving. We can only understand these using a systems view, such as taught by Fritjof Capra. 4. There is a developing new creation story coming out of modern science. To paraphrase the title of Anne Baring's book, there is a renewed dream of the cosmos, a quest for the soul. 
Five, vast paradigm changes dominate the history of ideas. See Thomas Kuhn, who proposed these ideas in the 1960s. These paradigms are embedded in social, economic and political relations. For example, the long history of the patriarchy is linked to certain class and gender relations, as well as attitudes to nature. Or take the paradigm changes shown so clearly in the philosophy of science. For example, the movement from the Newtonian worldview to that of relativity theory and quantum mechanics, in which our supposed common sense worldview, where space and time were independent absolutes, and matter consists of identifiable units, has been revolutionised, and all these variables are relativised. A world of energy, indeterminacy and transformation, impossible to imagine in the 19th century, has emerged. Sixth, the large-scale economic crises of capitalism have chiefly been financial, and this characterises the biggest crash of the 20th century, the 1929 stock market and subsequent banking collapse, and the largest crisis so far of the 21st century, the 2008 so-called credit crunch. The understanding of Chaim Minsky on the role of credit and finance in the economic system is vital so as to understand not only the above, but also the evolving financial crisis of our own times. 7. Societies are in constant change. What appears stable can disappear, sometimes totally. For example, the European Union will probably break up, or significantly diminish, with immense consequences for the West. Now, let me give you an overview of the contents of this programme. Often we look at single works of an author, though occasionally we look at a number of their books. In the case of composers, we choose a number of their works, two for Beethoven, for example, Fidelio and the Eroica Symphony, and a single work by Wagner, but it's four operas in his ring cycle. And in the case of Turner, we choose a number of his paintings. First on our list is Pierre Théard de Chardin, the French priest, who combined evolution and his mystical insight. We concentrate on the phenomena of man. Secondly, James Lovelock, the ecological prophet. We focus on the revenge of Gaia. Next, Carl Jung, Memories, Dreams and Reflections. Followed by Richard Dawkins, the God Delusion. The Judaic and Christian Visions. For the Judaic, we choose the book of Genesis and the book of Job in the Old Testament. And for the Christian, St. John's Gospel. We contrast this with the history of Gnosticism, the repressed underside of Christianity. Fritjof Capra, at first focusing on two early books, The Tower of Physics and The Turning Point. Next, Ludwig van Beethoven, Symphony No. 3, The Eroica, a supreme exemplar in music of a descent and transformation journey, both for Beethoven and for the age we live in. Next, we move to some of the large-scale visions that have dominated economic and political history. Karl Marx and Frederick Engels, The Communist Manifesto. We contrast this with another work of the early Industrial Revolution, William Blake, Illustrations of the Book of Job. 
We then move to a contemporary major thinker of our programme, Anne Baring, The Dream of the Cosmos, A Quest for the Soul. For a great musical work, we choose the complete ring cycle of Richard Wagner. This is not only revolutionary music, it is also a new world vision and the creation of a mythology of our times. We then look at the collapse of finance capital in 2008 and the subsequent stagnation of the West. Also, the potential collapse of the European Union, especially due to its huge debt structures, its national debts, as well as its extremely fragile banking system. In the philosophy of science, we examine David Bohm, wholeness and the implicate order, who argues that there is an interconnected wholeness throughout the universe, and that underneath the explicate order, the phenomenal world, there is an underlying implicate order. We then explore Adam Smith, who provided a vision of free markets for the modern economic system. By way of complete contrast, Carl Jung, the Red Book, a descent into the underworld, from which the lava which poured out of his unconscious was the source of his immense creativity and his offerings for a new world soul. John Maynard Keynes, economic visionary of the 20th century, providing the economic foundation and vision for the post-Second World War period throughout much of the world, certainly the Western and non-communist world. However, his theories have been much in use in the post-2008 crash. Sri Aurobindo, the life divine, the great Hindu mystic of the early 20th century. We explore totalitarianism, the dark visions of fascism and communism in the 20th century, and the growing authoritarianism and populism of the 21st. By way of a case study, we choose Venezuela to show that these visions have not ended. Fritjof Capra, the system's view of life. He now moves into the realm of the life sciences, demonstrating the importance of a system's view. We listen to Beethoven's Fidelio, a great trumpet call of freedom, not only in Beethoven's personal world, but for the age of freedom that was so important to the revolutionaries of the 19th century. Sigmund Freud, Civilization and Its Discontents, a fundamental work putting sexuality and repression at the centre of the human psyche. Oriental texts, The Secret of the Golden Flower, and selections from Hindu and Buddhist scriptures. We examined the origins and history of human consciousness, not only from a paleoanthropological perspective, that is, the history of ancient humans and how we developed when our consciousness developed, but also the history of mythology, in which is described the history of our consciousness. We look at the development of the Western mind and see how distinct it is from the Eastern. We ask, is there a unity to consciousness? Is the universe conscious? And does the cosmos have a soul? We explore if there is a meaning to history, its movement over time. We look at sacred architecture in the soul by way of Shark Cathedral as an example. We examine the nature of capitalism as a system of creative destruction in relation to evolving consciousness. The human prospect is also explored. Do we have growth in front of us? A dark age? Or extinction? 
and the quest for spiritual freedom. Does depth psychology offer insight and liberation? And what have great artists, composers and painters to say on this topic? We examine the visions for the 21st century and ask, are there solutions to the planetary crisis? Episodes will be available every two weeks. I would like to deliver every week, but I think it's more feasible to go for a bi-weekly offering. This programme was conceived actually in 2015 and delivered in London in a series of live Quest lectures. The live Quest series is now in its second cycle and is a much more detailed exploration of this material I've just outlined for the coming season of podcasts. This season about to start is a version of what has already been delivered and for those of you who are inspired to engage in a deeper programme which has extensive preparatory material and audios of all lectures that can be received anywhere in the world, you may contact me at thepilgrimquest at gmail.com or find contact details at the website alanmulhern.com. You might wonder if there is any connection between the Quest programme, as just outlined, and the Healing of Emotional Wounds season that preceded it. At first glance, they seem rather different. But yes, there is. The first season looked at wounds and human suffering from the individual point of view and how to heal them. The second, about to start, is focused on the macro perspective, the collective, social, economic, planetary, etc., crises or wounds. There is a tremendous urgency that these also require identification and healing. And to this task we address the quest season.